The following content is not a substitute for medical advice. So, John, your sister died three months ago. And um, I was just thinking about you and thinking uh, just how far you've come and you're done, right? Like the grief, you've gotten to that stage of grief of just moving on with your life. Right? Yeah, everything. Yep. I, um, I get up every day and it's all unicorns and rainbows up my ass. And then I um, skip to work and I hug everyone I see and I smile throughout the day. And everybody understands me and treats me with kindness because they know I'm all better. So it's been amazing. And I'm just, I, you know what? I'm glad the grief journey is over. So these three months have been, has it been three months? One, two. It has not quite been three months, but uh, this journey has been, well, it's complete now, Amy. I feel much better. You, you've arrived. Yeah, I've arrived at the end of grief. You cried. You got mm -hmm. mad. I got mad. You got frustrated. Mm. You felt yep. depressed. You went into denial. Then you bargained. Then now you're in acceptance and you're good, right? Yeah, I, well, I looked up the stages of grief and then I just wrote them down on a pad of paper and then I did a target date and then I worked backwards from that and I hit all the target dates and yeah, I'm, I'm healed. So you're a doctor. You That's put it in it the Googly. Right? That's right. I made a category called grief and then each day it showed me where I needed to be with the grief and now I'm all better. This is great. See, this is helping people. Then That's all you have to do. You just plug in these things, put it in your Googly calendar and, um, and then come back after a few months and record a podcast to tell everyone you're all better. And if you follow this system of putting these stages in your calendar, then it'll work. And so if it doesn't work, then you did it wrong. I believe today's podcast is about sarcasm. Uh, no, seriously, um, John, this has not <laughs> been unicorns and rainbows. No. And both of us, and especially you, our energy has just been zapped. And so if you want to know if you're in grief, <laughs> just in case you're not sure, you do not have capacity. Like your capacity is lower than what it might be otherwise. Would you agree with that? I do. And I don't even know why I don't point to grieving. I think it's something else. I think I don't feel well, or I think um, I didn't sleep enough. I think, I think people will agree that happens. And, and the other part is everyone else doesn't get the memo that you're feeling this way. So you feel, um, I don't know what the word, I'm bummed out, kind of frustrated Yeah, that, that maybe people don't understand because it, it being that, having that feeling, it comes out of me in different ways. So for me, I can, I keep saying I'm having a medical condition to Amy. Like I, I think I'm sorry. I think I had a stroke earlier today. I don't really know what's happening because <laughs> I can't, all of a sudden I can't remember basic things. I actually get a little nervous about my health. Um, and I realize that I'm just jumbled, just everything's jumbled. And so that's frustrating for everyone around me, I'm sure, including you. And so it's hard to, 
it's hard to like, and you don't want to sit and tell everybody, well, leave me alone. I'm sad, but I don't, I need a shirt or something or like a flash card like, right down my forehead. Just give me a break, man. I'm not who you need me to be today. I'm not, I'm just not going to be that. I'm in a weird position where people need me. So I can't always be there for everybody. And, and I mean a lot because of my radio show and it's the whole being in the public thing that I do. I, I'm not always available like I, I used to be. Yeah. And, you know, in the olden days, you know, back in the, I don't know what olden days I'm talking about, honestly. But, January? Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean like the olden, olden days. Like, you know, if you were doing a period piece of a movie and you were trying to uh, show grief, people would wear black or something, you know? Like I'm thinking about, I don't know, old-timey movies or old-timey time, you know, that there would be something we did to signify that someone's in grief. And depending on the belief system and the culture, you know, there's different ways that people handle grief. And it might be a full year that someone would wear black and be in grief or a full year that someone would not be as available and everybody in the village would know or everybody in the town would know this person's in grief. But I think that we're in such a high-paced modern society and we just don't have those same systems in place culturally anymore. It's sort of like we may have a system in place for the first few weeks and then it just goes, quote, back to normal. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I really, with what you just, all of it, but that last part in particular, I think for the first few weeks we do. I think people understand. I think you have support. I think people... They, they realize, you realize what's going on. You have sort of a, a forgiveness around you that, that, that you just have to focus on that and nothing else. Sort of like you take leave when you have a baby. You focus on the baby and, and, and yourself. And if you're me, if you're the dad, you're, you're focusing on supporting everybody. And you're just sort of focused. That's what grief is. Like it's a few weeks of that. But then it's over. It's all over. There's no taking more time off. There's no... Everyone's going to understand. And they can't. I don't, you know, I have, I know people in my life who've had loss and I don't, I think weeks go by. I don't check back in with them necessarily. I should, but, it, and then when you do, um, you, you, the relief on someone's face or the, the appreciation, like, oh, thank you. That's what I say. When people check in with me, I, now it was overwhelming at first, I admit, but now I'm, I really appreciate someone asking me like, yeah, how's it going? I don't mind bring, I don't mind that. Cause I can just say it's hard, but thank you. Um, that's the only thing I see now. There's no, there's no more roadmap. There's no hiding in the cave. There's no pulling the sheets over my head. There's no, there's nothing I can do. And I have to say, this is the loneliness, loneliness I have feel, felt uh, after something like oh, my mom. I felt lonely, but this is a weird loneliness that I can't wrap my head around because she wasn't in my life every day because she couldn't be because she was an addict. And, um, but. It, it, I, I don't understand. I'm having real difficulty not understanding or coming to terms with how she died somewhere in my head. And I want to reach out desperately and I can't. And I haven't had that with any other loss in my life than I have with this one that I feel like as a big brother that I, I need to reach out and I need to help her still. And I can't. And I'm having, there's no roadmap for that shit. And it's, frustrating and then you know what you do you just say you push it away 
I mean, you're literally like pushing it away in your head. I picture like inside of my brain. It's like a family guy episode. But I picture my brain when I'm thinking this. I, I see this like just pu- just push this out of your fucking head for a minute and you'll be fine. And then you go on and do the next thing. I'm going to guess that's not healthy. Well, the thing of it is, is that we can only take on some of that healing when we're ready for it. And I think our nervous system and the sort of um, pushing away some of this stuff, I don't think it's detrimental in the beginning, but I do think critical mass will arrive at some point if uh, we keep avoiding. And so, you know, some something I tell a lot of my patients who are going through grief is to schedule it. And I know that sounds maybe cold or something like to schedule time, put it in the googlies, (laughs) put it in the calendar, put your grief in the calendar. But honestly, what I'm, I'm talking about is put in some time in your calendar that you're going to deal with it, right? Like look at pictures, um, journal, cry, feel it. And, and then on, on the end of that hour or whatever that you've scheduled your grief, make sure there's a runway. <laughs> make sure that after the fact that you're not jumping into a Zoom meeting or a client call or like a, a talk or something. <laughs> make sure there's a runway. There's a runway called uh, I'm going to go for a run or there's a runway called I'm going to do some gardening or there's a runway called... I am going to go for a walk and picking away at it like this is super useful when you're ready. I think um, it's healthy to do that and and call it something because for me, it's a cocktail of grief and depression and I don't know which is which and, and they're probably the same thing. And, and so taking that time to deal with those things is, is really important. The other day I, I had a very busy day. And I couldn't get my I I could get myself to do the things I needed to do. I needed to take care of a lot of things. I needed to pick up our son. I needed to um, go to an event that, that I, I was going to be on stage for, and I was feeling very antisocial. So I was worried about that. So each time, I don't think I could even get up the energy to go, like go get Henry, get on my bike. I put on Stevie Nicks's "Stand Back," and I <laughs> listened to it all the way there. I didn't listen to it with Henry on the bike on the way back, by the way. I was safe. And then I, I was trying to hype myself up for this event. So I, I played that song again and it got me to go. And then, and then I was like, I, I'm so tired. I didn't want to drive home. And I was like, so I put it in it again. And then the next day when I was going to my show, I put it in it again. And then on my show, I played it again. So A, listen to Stevie Nicks stand back if you ever need hype music and to get you motivated to do something. But, but it, it's like I had to go into my toolbox and I'm like ruffling around in there and I fucking move the hammer and I move the screwdriver and the, what, everything else. And then there's a little corner there. Stevie Nicks is sitting there. And I picked her up and put her here. And it was all I could do to get me to do something. Like I've done in my past. Like I had to go to music to get it. But, but when that's happening, I'm identifying I need help because if I, it takes that to get me to do something, I'm in a place where I, I don't have it in me. And I haven't scheduled any time for to myself or to like chill out or to just have space. So I think if you schedule time, which again, I know I, I agree, it sounds not crazy, but it just sounds like something something people don't do. I don't. And I, I need to. I need to just schedule like a I don't know what I'm gonna call it. Stevie next time. I'm just gonna put it in my calendar today. 
I need to chill out or I need to like, I don't know. I don't know what I need to do, but I, I still, I need to do something because this isn't, whatever's do, going on right now is not working. Right. Um, you know, I think about this a lot with my own life and I think about this a lot in my patient care is that we're living a life in modern society with all the stress and all the, um, you know, obligations and the way in which we go about our lives and plan our lives, it's backwards. And what I mean by that is we create our life around everything else. We don't create everything else around our life. And what I mean by our life, I mean like our health and the very most important things in our life. Those two things come last. Like we're so busy scheduling things. And, and I'm here to say that, you know, people will say this to me all the time. Oh, you know, there's only 24 hours in the day, blah, blah, blah. Well, we talked about this on another podcast episode that time management and energy management are two separate things. And quite honestly, we waste a lot of time in our life uh, ruminating, saying yes to obligations we don't want to say yes to working in jobs we hate. You know, I'm not saying you may you may not be able to go quit your job today, but you should be actively working on a plan. <laughs> you know? And we don't prioritize ourselves and our health and then it hits critical mass. And if if there is a way that you can start to make these incremental shifts in blocking time for yourself or reminding yourself of your priorities, but it is really hard because it's so easy to just fill this time in. And just the other day, you and I were talking about scheduling our kid and we do a carpool with some lovely friends. Hi, I know you listen to our podcast. And it was, this idea was pitched to us. I think the power went out, the power went out, power went out everywhere as we were recording our podcast all over uh, our neighborhood. (laughs) I don't know, somehow that's fitting in the conversation we're having. By the way, Amy, did you, uh, you kept talking. I think I didn't, I didn't, we're not in the same room clearly. So I am pretty sure you probably said the most important things you've ever said into a microphone while we went black. It was gold and now it's gone. (laughs) And uh, you'll never get that back. So the advice we are giving you is gone forever, but no. It's floating somewhere out there in the ether. I, I, I just wanted to, uh, I was thinking when we were talking about this, just how we can treat other people as well, because I, I tend to gravitate towards, you know, me, oh, people don't understand and, and man, I wish people understood or everyone should just wear a shirt with their feelings on it so we can all deal with it. I think the general idea is to treat people with kindness. You know, this is, People are going through not just grief, but other things. And we've said this before, but really take it to heart. You know, we were walking down the street the other day and we saw our friend and she was in the most beautiful car. It's like my dream car. It's this old Mustang. It's just in pristine condition. It's it's just, it's it's a great car. And I saw it as we were walking down and we had knew that this car was in her life now. And, um, and we saw her. Now, if you saw her, you'd probably think, oh my gosh, 
well, that car is so awesome and oh, she's so lucky. And, and maybe, maybe even, and I'm not saying she did this, but maybe she uh, uh, rolls through the stop sign or she's speeding or, or, or like cuts you off in this nice car. And maybe you go the opposite way and be like, oh, you and your car and you can't even pay attention. Here's the thing, Amy, what was in her passenger seat? Her dad's ashes. And she was just going to the internment and the funeral. So my point is, you don't know what people are going through. This amazing person had had her dad's final ride in this car that she's inheriting. And I'm a thousand percent sure that she would much rather have her father than this car. But the fact that she was in this car with her ashes next to her is a telling story. And I'm not saying everyone's driving around with ashes, though we have our own ashes story where we were driving around my dad's ashes in the trunk of the car. We had, we had, uh, we had gone 10 plus years with dad in the backpack. Uh, my brother had my dad for years. Then I had my dad, uh, in ashes and, you know, we just didn't really have a place to put him. It never really occurred to me. And then when we went out to visit my grand, my uncle who was dying, uh, we, we threw dad in the trunk. And we were driving out, so we're on the ferry and we have our kids and maybe I'm not in the best mood. I had my dad in a backpack in my car. So I'm not saying, again, everyone's driving around with dead people uh, in, in bags of ashes, but there's a chance they might be. And, and I think there's a lesson there, Amy. Yeah, I, this, is a, this is an interesting one for me to talk about. We talk about being kind to other people. And I know that sometimes... The irony is, is that sometimes you can't because of what you're going through. So there's this like, be kind to everybody. You never know what they're going through, but you might be the one going through the thing. So you can't be kind to people. And at the same time, we're all on the same coin, right? And the coin is, is that life is fucking hard. And so you could be uh, kind to people if you have the capacity because you have no idea what they're going through. And then if you're not able to be kind uh, because of what you're going through, I really hope there's kind people around you to give you that grace. Does that make sense? Yeah. I mean, I I was pulled aside recently by a person and, and told maybe I wasn't being the usual me or needed to be more patient with people. <laughs> and I, I actually, I kind of started laughing uh, and I, not, I don't, I don't disagree with them. I'm not laughing that they, they told me I couldn't help it. It was just a spontaneous reaction. I just, I, like, I, I don't, I don't think I can. I, I don't know what, am I supposed to isolate myself and, and hide from everyone? And I, I agree. I really want to go. Oh, God, do I want to? And if I've treated anybody with disrespect, you know, I'm, I don't want that, but I, I don't have the capacity. So I'm not really sure what we do. We, we just wall ourselves off and hide from the world until until it's all better. But I don't think that really works. No, I think there's, I think that we forget that we're all in the struggle together as human beings. And I think that we think that our little microcosm is the only thing happening. And sometimes that's all we have the capacity for is because that's our, whatever's happening in our world is so big, like the grief. That's what we're talking about in this episode. And so you just have to remember that sometimes that's how it is. And then when it's not, 
do your best to offer support and kindness to other people when you have the capacity. But I also will put this little gem up for uh, adoption of anyone who wants to take it on is that sometimes the best way to feel better is to do something for someone else. Yeah, I've heard you say that before. It's true. It's you got to mm-hmm. dig. You got to d- dig deep when you're feeling shitty to, to help other people. But when you do, I, I have an outlet. I have an outlet. I've said this before by being able to play music and, and read people's messages and uh, be there for them. I feel like I'm doing something and I always feel better. I always and that's my way of doing something for someone. But I highly recommend it. I, I'm with you, Amy. If if anyone listening to this right now has that feeling and can find a way to help. And there are so many shitty things going on in the world right now. People need so much help that there's so many different organizations or individuals or or people, places, things that you can do. We highly recommend you take the time to do it. As much as it may not feel like this is the time, I think it's the time. I think we need more of that in general. I, I totally agree. I totally agree. And I'm uh, it gets you out of the rut too, just the everyday, just dealing with, my God, man. This in particular, you know, this week, it's just, you know, it's, it's just one of those weeks, you know, you know, one of those weeks where you're, um, where a pandemic is still raging and uh, democracy is uh, falling apart and then reproductive rights are all being threatened. It's one of those weeks, you know, where, where you, you know, now that's just a normal week, but you have that as your backdrop for whatever it is, the thing that you're doing or feeling or experiencing. So when those things are all going together, that is a very dangerous cocktail of overwhelm and maybe giving back to the to the community or, or to others is the first step to take care of yourself, yeah? Yeah. I yes. And and at the same time to remember that um you're not responsible for everybody else and you're you responsible sure? for yourself. Yes, 100%. There's literally no adults that are responsible for other adults. So um, you're not responsible for your spouse. You're not responsible for your adult children. You're not responsible for your parents. And your parents are not responsible for you. You're not responsible for your coworkers. You're not responsible for your boss. You're not responsible for your employees. You're not responsible for the people on the social medias. You're not responsible for the news. You're not responsible for the government. You're responsible for yourself first and small children if you have them. And I think remembering that can help with some of the overwhelm. So what are we talking about in this podcast? We're talking about the long-term effects of grief and to be kind and also to remember not everyone can always be kind because they might be going through some serious shit and to look out for each other. You know, um, I think ultimately like what we say all the time is you are not alone. I say it all the time because the minute you hear me, you're not alone. You're the minute you, the, the, the second you hear my voice beat on the radio, beat on the podcast, beat in person, then you're not alone. You have a person. There's a person out there at least telling you there's other people. And it's very important to remember that because it's when you feel alone is when you feel at your lowest point. And grieving is the lowest, loneliest point you may feel. And if you deal with depression as well, again, that cocktail is not a, is, 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 is a very lonely one. So I remind myself every day and we're trying to remind you of that every day. And if we have these moments of grief and a little bit of depression and overwhelm and can help you in any way, well, thank you for listening to the doctor and the DJ. I think we did our job, don't you? Damn straight.
Good luck out there. You're not alone.